Hi, this is Shannon Ivy with the What She Said Project. What she said! On this episode, we are exploring the sh- <laughs> the, the, ooh, Take two, episode two. On this season, we will be exploring the theme of shift. Shift. So just a little bit about the What She Said Project. We use storytelling to center female-identified folks' experiences. This podcast is our newest form. I'm calling it the Virtual Story Slam. So what is a story slam? These stories must be true, must have happened to the teller, and need to be between five and eight minutes long, and lastly, must connect somehow to our theme. Our virtual story slam stories are not recorded on stages or in sound studios, but rather on the phones and computers of our real storytellers. And you know what? We kind of like it that way. The result is a more human-y feel somehow. And really, that's why we're here. This is our sensitivity warning. So in this episode, we will be talking about adult-themed life and death sort of moments. I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but if you are in the car listening with younger ears or more sensitive ears, consider this your heads up. This episode features our friend Connie. Her story embodies shift in a few ways, both in a transition in her life and a transition in relationship, maybe even a transition in how she looks at herself. Oh boy, you are in for a treat. I hope you enjoy. The summer of 1994 changed everything. Connie... Connie Johnson, come here for a minute, Mama commanded. I ignored the first call. Connie LaWanya Johnson, get your butt in here now. I knew it was serious when she called my whole name. My bad, Mama. I was packing for my trip. I explained, grinning from ear to ear. She smiled back. She was proud of me. I was scheduled to graduate from high school in a few weeks. We both knew I was graduating by the skin of my teeth. I had repeated the 10th grade and had to go to summer school for three years. But I was on the roster for the class of 94 at Orangeburg Wilkinson High. Sit down. I need to tell y'all something. Okay. I climbed into my spot on her side nearest the door. My sister, Frances, was already parked on her side by the wall. Mama took a deep breath and simply said, Mama's sick. What, you got the flu? I asked jokingly. I was trying to lighten the mood and become uncomfortably somber. She looked deeply into my eyes and shook her head no. Cancer? I asked a little more seriously. Again? She shook her head no. Seemingly from nowhere, my younger sister, my 15-year-old sister, blurted out, AIDS? I almost laughed. (laughs) I almost laughed. The thought of mama having AIDS was so ridiculous. My mama, 
is a peanut butter brown brick house who can make a man's head swivel off their necks when a bat of an eye and a flash of her smile. She announced that day that she had contracted AIDS from her fiance who passed away two years earlier. By the end of that conversation, she had sworn us to secrecy and let us know that life would be as normal as possible. Normal meant she'd work, continue working swing shifts at the chemical plant down the street from our house, and I would be her wingman, cooking and cleaning and taking care of the house and looking after my younger sister. I walked across the stage and into my first apartment in a matter of weeks. As only mama could, she made some minor miracle happen and found the money for me to start college. An army recruiter had contacted us because of my ASVAB scores in math. He said that I would be pretty good as an engineer, but what he didn't know is that I was a 200 pound, five foot roly poly who couldn't do a pull up or a push up. He wasn't interested after he found out about that, but I was still interested in engineering. I really didn't want to move, especially knowing mama was sick, but mama was adamant. She was adamant about me leaving Orangeburg, our small Southern town. After I left, Mama called weekly and wrote letters. Anytime I asked about how she was doing physically, she'd deflect and want to talk more about me. It wasn't until I moved back home that I came to understand why she didn't want to talk about her health. She lost about 60 pounds, and the shingles that began to form on her abdomen were crawling their way up her chest and eventually onto her face. We squabbled and went back and forth for about a week about me going back to Atlanta. She wanted me to go, but I was determined to stay. I won. As months passed, Mama's strength deteriorated. She went on medical leave from work and was eventually bedridden. Every aspect of her well-being became my responsibility. I bathed, clothed, and fed her. One night, I was awakened to a thud. I sprang out of bed to find my hero, collapsed in the fetal position on a brown carpeted floor. I hit my head. I hit my head. I hit my head. She kept repeating it as if I didn't hear her the first time. I scooped her up and placed her back on the urine-stained mattress we shared and covered her with her favorite comforter. It was the one with the pink and red roses she got for her birthday from Uncle Eli. I sprang downstairs to fetch some ice and a wet rag for a makeshift ice pack to quell the lump swelling on her forehead. I climbed back in bed and hummed a familiar tune. that God had the whole world in his hands, but I was starting to wonder if I was actually slipping through his fingers. I wasn't sure how much more I could take. She was getting sicker and sicker by the day, but had sworn us to secrecy. Nobody could know. So at 18, I graduated from sidekick to hero, performing hospice care for the strongest woman I've ever known. I now know that she didn't send me to Atlanta to become an engineer. She sent me to Atlanta so I could learn to use my cape. 
Connie, thank you so much for putting on that cape and riding in to tell us this really beautiful reframing of a story in your life. I think a lot of us can connect with having a gift given to us that we didn't recognize until later, having a relationship shift and change as we grow older, as things, especially with health, change with folks in our families. So thank you. So this is an invitation to you, dear listener, to go from sidekick to hero in your own life. I like to call it going from passenger to protagonist. We use this framework to do our storytelling at the What She Said Project. If you're interested in this, there's still time to submit your story on shift. Feel free to email me at whatshesaidproject at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. And please, if you liked this, if you like our work, share it with a friend, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, and let me know what you think. Take good care.